Let's pray. Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Lord, you you care for us. You love us. You provide for us, God. You, you, You give us all of the things that we need. God, we we are a needy people. Um, we always are a needy people. But right now, I think we are more aware of that. And so, God, I pray that you will um, comfort us, uh, that you will bring uh, healing to our broken hearts. God, I pray that you will um, continue to show uh, your, your word to be the beauty that it is, the treasure that it is. God, I pray that, um, that as Shane preaches this morning, God, I, I pray that the words of Psalm 23 will be um, no um, overlooked, familiar, we've heard this a thousand times thing, but God, I pray, I pray that, that your spirit will hit us with Psalm 23 as though we have never, ever heard the truths that are in it. I pray they will pierce us deeply that they'll bring comfort uh, to our souls. God, I praise you for your church. Uh, God, in the midst of this just craziness, I, I, I don't think I have ever seen personally your bride look this beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen it. She is stunning. God, I pray you'll continue to show her to be that because she is. Um, you, you are beautifying your bride. Um, and right now, you've, you've made it clear that she is one attractive lady. And so, God, we love you. Uh, We thank you for your love for us, for your goodness to us. That's unstoppable, cannot be stopped, no matter what. So we love you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. 
as a living testimony to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and as a public profession of our claim of the future resurrection on the last day, and in honor of God's holy word, I ask that you stand. I'm going to speak and you'll repeat after me, whether it's in a strong voice or a weak and shaky one. The Lord is my shepherd. shepherd. I shall not want. want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. You'll notice as we were reciting the 23rd Psalm that there are six things David declares are his. And on the authority of Scripture this morning, there are six things in the 23rd Psalm that we can claim are ours. So our topics this morning are these. Our shepherd, our soul, our enemies, our head, our cup, and our life. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. I want to say some things this morning about our shepherd. Our shepherd is the image of the invisible God. Our shepherd is the firstborn of all creation. For by him, our shepherd, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. 
whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created by our shepherd. And our shepherd is before all things. And in our shepherd, all things hold together. And dear friend, our shepherd is the head of the body, the church. Our shepherd is the beginning. Our shepherd is the firstborn from the dead that in everything he, our shepherd, might be preeminent. For in him, in our shepherd, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through our shepherd, to reconcile all things, whether on heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. And I want to tell you something else about our shepherd. Our shepherd has decreed all things. Do you believe that this morning? Our shepherd has declared the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east or the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will do it. Our shepherd has decreed that he brings near his righteousness and it is not far off. He has decreed that his salvation will not delay and he has put his salvation in Zion for Israel, his glory. One day our savior was going through the villages of Galilee teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And Matthew tells us that on this particular day, he looked out upon the crowd and he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless and they were like what? They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he came to be that shepherd. In fact, before the foundation of the world, he was that shepherd. He came to be that shepherd. And he is that shepherd. How does our shepherd, the good shepherd, How does our shepherd view his sheep? Dear friend, he does not look at you as hapless and stupid. He looks upon you as helpless and valuable. Valuable because our shepherd treasures us. Helpless, for we have no ability to save ourselves. 
And absent the convicting and illuminating power of the Holy Spirit, dear friend, you don't know you need saving. There is a deep sense in which we are all dying sheep in the arms of a living Savior. Wholly reliant upon that shepherd. And this living shepherd has compassion for his sheep. I am the good shepherd, he said. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father in heaven knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Paul wrote to his spiritual child, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Earlier in that letter, Paul wrote, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Jesus Christ came into the world to do what? Save sinners. This Savior is our shepherd. And in a great paradox, this eternal living shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. And I want you to hear your preacher this morning. Nothing. No thing can take us from our shepherd's hands. Our shepherd maketh us to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth us beside the still waters. The second thing that's ours in this psalm is he restoreth our souls. In the creation narrative, we read that the Lord God formed a man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. The idea of soul captures the whole creature, both body and spirit. And when this good shepherd restores our soul, he's restoring both body and spirit. There is no restoration without restoration of your spirit. And there is no restoration without restoration of your body. For our hope, our hope is in the resurrection on the last day. Our resurrection secured to us by the first resurrection, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. And I can tell you this morning 
with great confidence, in fact, with certitude, that Jesus Christ has restored my soul, that Jesus is restoring my soul, and that there will be a glad, happy day when Jesus will restore my soul in the resurrection. And if you're a child of God this morning, then I invite you to rest in this truth, this soft, green pasture, these clear, still waters. That Jesus has restored your soul. That Jesus is restoring your soul. And that Jesus will restore your soul on the last day. Even as he's leading us in paths of righteousness. And even though we may be in the valley of the shadow of death. And a shadow is merely the effect of light being cast on substance. I heard a preacher last night on the, preaching on the 23rd Psalm who said, you can't get hurt by a shadow. But I'll give you more hope than that. That light that casts that shadow is the great light. It is the light of the sun. It is the light of him who created all things. And that shadow merely means that he is near. And that he is conquering all things. He's prepared a place for us in the presence of our enemies. I want to talk briefly about three enemies. The serpent, the self, and sin and death. The serpent said in his heart that I will ascend in heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. But, Isaiah writes, you are brought, you the serpent, are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. For Jesus Christ has defeated Satan. Indeed, he is bound already. When Jesus was accused of casting out demons by Beelzebul, the son of David told them that it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that he acted. And if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, lest he first bind the strong man? The strong man is indeed bound, and the kingdom of God grows greater and greater. The thief, Jesus said, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly.
We have an enemy in the serpent. And we have an enemy in the self. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? In another sermon, he tells us, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Many of us battle enemies within ourselves. Call it the old man. It's anxiety. It's worry. It's anger. Some form of self-torment. You have no right to torture yourself so. No right. For you're a child of the king. That is all the old man that is within you. And I want to tell you something today that is true today as it was last week. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old man has been conquered. The serpent has been conquered. There is sin and death. And I declare to you this morning on the authority of sacred scripture... That these enemies, sin and death, like all enemies, have been defeated on the cross of Christ. When the perishable puts on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You better believe that this morning. I'm tired of talking about our enemies. I'm tired of it. We dine at the table of the king. We're at a feast. Such is this time of refreshing and restoration of our soul. And I am reminded of Mephibosheth. That crippled heir of Jonathan sought out by David. Mephibosheth is crippled in the feet. He can't walk. And David gets him and has him brought to his palace and tells Mephibosheth that you shall eat at my table always. And Mephibosheth looks at him and says, 
what is your servant that you show regard for a dead dog such as I? And we read that so Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. You're a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. And our heads are anointed with oil. Though our Savior bore a crown of thorns, our heads are pleasing and fragrant. Listen, listen to me. Listen, listen to me. Our heads are anointed because of the blood-stained brow of Golgotha the skull. And at a feast, at a good feast, the cup runneth over. The psalmist says that God brings forth wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. When our Lord instituted the supper, the cup displayed the wrath of God being poured out on sin and Christ bearing that for us. And Jesus told the disciples that night, drink ye all of it. And he told us to do this in remembrance of him. And there's a sense in which when we partake of the Lord's table, we're looking back to the crucifixion. But it anticipates a celebration, a wedding feast, a dinner commemorating the full consummation of his kingdom. And there at the king's table, the cup overflows and the cask is never empty. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Our shepherd our soul, our enemies, our head, our cup, and our life. This mortal life is not the end. Indeed, it is it's just a mist. But our life in Christ is an everlasting life. It begins here, it continues in the presence of Christ when we pass away. And then when Jesus comes and we are bodily resurrected, we dwell with him forever in his glory. In the new heavens and the new earth, we spend eternity with Christ. And that eternity starts here in time and space. Jesus, in proving the doctrine of the resurrection to the Sadducees, said this. As for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. 
We live, we live presently with Christ in this age and the age to come. Paul wrote to the church at Rome, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Peter would pen that we've been ransomed, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like a lamb without blemish or spot. And by this ransom, paid by him who is both shepherd and lamb, we have presently everlasting life. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. You have it. If you believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, you possess it now. And it is all joy. And it's glorifying to him. Our shepherd. Isn't he good? Our soul that he restores. Has restored. And will restore. Our enemies. The serpent defeated. The self made new. Sin and death. Christ reigns victorious over them. Our head is anointed so that we may be pleasing to our Savior. Our cup overflows, and our life is sweet and everlasting. This week I reflected on my favorite line of any hen. Could we with ink the oceans fill? Were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. And the scroll could not contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Take the kneelers in front of you. Father, we praise you this morning. And we thank you. Thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for valuing us, for loving us, for tenderly caring for us. Thank you for the restoration of our souls.
for the defeat of our enemies, for the anointing of our heads with oil. Thank you for letting us sit at the king's table with a cup that overflows and for giving us an everlasting life in Christ. Amen. Let's stand and sing.